Chapter Twenty Two of The Side of the Angels by Basil King. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Simon Evers. Chapter Twenty Two. As Thor and Lois breakfasted on the following Sunday, the former was too busy with the paper to notice that his wife seemed preoccupied. He was made to understand it by her manner of saying, Thor. Dropping the paper, he gave her his attention. Yes. Her head was inclined to one side as she trifled with her toast. "'You know, Thor, that it's an old custom for newly married people to go to church together on the first Sunday they're at home.' "'Oh, Lord!' She had expected the exclamation. She also expected the half-humorous, half-repentant compliance which ensured. "'All right, I'll go.' It was the sort of yielding that followed on all his bits of resistance to her wishes. A yielding on second thought— a yielding through compunction, as though he were trying to make up to her for something he wasn't giving her. She laughed to herself at that, seeing that he gave her everything, but she meant that if she were not so favoured, she might have harboured the suspicion that on account of something lacking in their lives, he fell back on a form of reparation. As it was, she could only ascribe his peculiarity in this respect to the kindness of a nature that never seemed to think it could be kind enough. It was her turn to feel compunction. "'Don't go if you'd rather not. It's only a country custom. Almost gone out of fashion nowadays.' But he persisted. "'Oh, I'll go. Must put on another suit. Top hat, of course.' With a good woman's satisfaction in getting her husband to church, if only for once, she said no more in the way of dissuasion. Besides, she hoped that, should he go, he might hear something that would comfort his hidden grief, of which she no longer had a doubt, since Claude, too, was aware of it. It was curious how it betrayed itself, neither by act, nor word, nor manner, nor so much as a sigh, and yet by something indefinable beyond all his watchfulness to conceal from her. She couldn't guess at his trouble even when she tried, but she tried only from inadvertence. When she caught herself doing so, she refrained, respecting his secret till she thought it well to tell her. She said no more till he again dropped the paper to give his attention to his coffee. "'Have you been to see the Fays yet?' He put the cup down without tasting it. He sat quite upright and looked at her strangely. He even flushed. "'Why, no.' The tone appealed to her ear and remained in her memory, though for the moment she had no reason to consider it significant. She merely answered, "'I thought I might walk up the hill and see Rosie this afternoon,' leaving the subject there. Thor found the service novel, and impressive from its novelty. Except for the few weddings and funerals he had attended, and the service on the day he married Lois, he could hardly remember when he had been present as a formal participant at a religious ceremony. He had, therefore, no preconceived ideas concerning Christian worship, and not much in the way of prejudice. He had dropped in occasionally on the services of foreign cathedrals, but purely as a tourist who made no attempt to understand what was taking place. On this particular morning, however, the pressure of needs and emotions within his soul induced an inquiring frame of mind. On reaching the pew to which Lois led him, he sat down awkwardly, looking for a place in which to bestow his top hat without ruffling its gloss. Lois herself fell on her knees in prayer. The act took him by surprise. It was new to him. He was aware that she said prayers in private, and had a vague idea of the import of the rite, but this public, unabashed devotion 
gave him a little shock, till he saw that others came in and engaged in it. They entered and knelt, not in obedience to any preconcerted ceremony, but to each on his own impulse, and rose, looking, so it seemed to fall, reassured and stilled. That was his next impression, reassurance and stillness. There was a serenity here that he had never before had occasion to recognise as part of life. People whom he knew in a commonplace way, as this or that, in the village, sat hushed, tranquil, dignified, above their ordinary state, raised to a level higher than any that could be reached by their own attainments or personalities. It seemed to him that he had come into a world of new standards, new values. Lois herself, as she rose from her knees and sat beside him, gained in a quality which he had no capacity to gauge. He belonged to the new scientific school which studies and correlates, but is chary of affirmations and chairier still of denials. Never deny anything, ne nier jamais rien, had been one of the standing bits of advice on the part of old Hervieux, under whom he had worked at the Institut Pasteur. He kept himself, therefore, in a non-hostile attitude toward all theories and systems. He had but a hazy idea as to Christian beliefs, but he knew in a general way that they were preposterous. Preposterous as they might be, it was his place, however, to observe phenomena, and now that he had an opportunity to do so, he observed them. "'How did you like it?' Lois ventured, timidly, as after service they walked along County Street. "'I liked it. Why?' The answer astonished her. "'It was big.' Big? How? The sweep, the ideas, so high, so universal, makes a tremendous appeal to the imagination. She smiled toward him shyly. It's something, isn't it, to appeal to the imagination? Oh, lots, since imagination rules the world. They were on their way to lunch with Thor's father and stepmother. Now that there were two households in the family, the father insisted on a domestic reunion once a week. It was his way of expressing paternal forbearance under the blow Thor had dealt him in marrying Louis Willoughby. "'Where's Claude?' Thor asked the question on sitting down to table. His father looked at his mother, who replied with some self-consciousness, "'He's... Uh, he's gone west.' "'West? Where?' Uh, "'To Chicago first, isn't it, Archie?' Marsalman admitted that it was to Chicago first, and to the Pacific coast afterwards. Thor's dismay was such that Lois looked at him in surprise. "'Why, Thor, what difference can it make to you? Claude's able to travel alone, isn't he?' The efforts made by both his parents to carry off the matter lightly convinced Thor that there was more in Claude's departure than either business or pleasure would explain. Before Lois, who was not yet in the family secret, he could ask no questions— but it seemed to him that both his father and his mother had uneasiness written on their faces. He could hardly eat. He bolted his food only to put Lois off the scent. The old tumult in his soul, which he was seeking every means to still, was beginning to break out again. If it should prove that he had given up Rosie Fay to Claude, and that, with his parents' connivance, Claude was trying to abandon her, then by God! But he caught Lois's eye. She was watching him, not so much in disquietude as with faint amusement. It seemed to odd to her that Claude's going away for a holiday should vex him so. Poor Lois. He was already afraid on her account, afraid that if Rosie Fay were left deserted, free, 
and a temptation he couldn't resist were to come to him, Lois would be the one to suffer most. By the middle of the afternoon, when his father had gone off in one direction, and Lois in another, he found an opportunity for the word with his stepmother which he'd hung about the house to get. "'There's nothing behind this, is there?' She averted her head. "'How do I know, Thor? I have nothing to do with it. All I know is just what happened. Claude came rushing home last Wednesday and said he had to go right off to Chicago on business. I helped him pack, and he went.' "'Why didn't anyone tell me?' "'Well, you haven't been at the house, and it didn't seem important enough.' "'But it is important, isn't it? Doesn't father think so?' She tried to look at him frankly. "'Your father doesn't know any more about it than I know, and that's nothing at all.' Claude came to him and said, "'But I really oughtn't to tell you, Thor. Your father would be annoyed with me.' "'Then it's something that's got to be kept from me.' "'No, not exactly. It's only poor Claude's secret.' We didn't try to wring it from him, because, oh, Thor, I wish you would let things take their course. I'm sure it would be best. Best to let Claude be a scoundrel? Oh, he, he couldn't be that. I want to be just to that girl, but we both know that there are queer things about her. There's that man who's giving her money, and dear knows what there may be besides. And so if they have quarrelled... But Thor rushed away. Having learned all he needed to know on that side... He must hear what was to be said on the other. He had hoped never again to be brought face to face with Rosie till she was his brother's wife. That condition would have dug such a gulf between them that even nature would be changed. But if she was not to be Claude's wife, if Claude was becoming a brute to her, then he must see at least that she had a friend. His heart was so hot within him as he climbed. His heart was so hot within him as he climbed the hill that he forgot that Lois would probably be there before him. As a matter of fact, she was talking to Fay in a corner of the yard, standing in the shade of a great magnolia that was a pyramid of bloom. All around it the ground was strewn in a circle with its dead white petals, each with its flush of red. Near the house there were yellow clumps of forsythia, while the hedge of bridal veil to the south of the grass-plot seemed to have just received a fall of snow. Fay confronted him, as, slackening his pace, he went toward them. But Lois turned only at his approach. Her expression was troubled. "'For I wish you'd explain to me what Mr. Fay is saying. He doesn't want me to see Rosie.' "'Why, what's up?' Fay's expression told him that something serious was up, for it was ashen. It had grown old and sunken, and the eyes had changed their starry vagueness to a dulled animosity. "'There's this much up, Dr. Thor,' Fay said, in that tone of his which was at once mild and hostile. "'But I don't want any mastermind to have anything to do with me or mine.' Thor tried to control the sharpness of his cry. "'Why not?' "'You ought to know why not, Dr. Thor. And if you don't, you've only to look at my little girl. Oh, why couldn't you leave her alone?' Lois spoke anxiously. "'Is anything the matter with her?' "'Only that you've killed her between you.' Thor allowed Lois to question him. "'Why, what can you mean?' "'That's what I say, ma'am, that she's done for.' Lois grew impatient. "'But I don't understand. Done for? How?' She turned to her husband. "'Oh, Thor, do see her and find out what's the matter.' "'No, ma'am,' said Fay firmly. "'He's seen her once too often as it is.' Lois repeated the words. "'Once too often as it is? What does that mean?' "'Better ask him, ma'am.' 
"'It's no use asking me,' thought declared, "'for I've not the slightest idea of what you're driving at.' "'Oh, I know you can play the innocent, Dr. Thor, "'but it's no use keeping up the game. "'You took me in at first. "'You took me in right along. "'You were going to be a friend to me and buy the place "'and keep me in it to work it and every sort of palaver like that, "'when you was only after my little girl.' Thor was dumb. "'It was Lois who protested. "'Oh, Mr. Fay, how can you say such things? "'It's wicked.' "'It may be wicked, all right, ma'am, but ask him how I can save them. "'All I know is what I've seen. "'If you was going to marry this lady,' he went on, turning again to Thor, "'why couldn't you have kept away from my little girl? "'You didn't do yourself any good, and you did her a lot of harm.' "'It was to come to Thor's aid, as he stood speechless, that Lois said soothingly, "'But I had nothing to do with that, Mr. Fay. "'I never wanted anything of Rosie but to be her friend.' "'You, ma'am?' "'You're all of a piece. You're all masterments together. "'What had you to do with being a friend to her, "'getting her to call and have tea and putting notions into her head? "'The rich and the poor can't be friends any longer. "'If the poor think they can, the more fool they. "'We've been fools in my family, thinking because we were Americans we had rights. "'There's no rights any more, except the right of the strong to trample on the weak, "'till someone tramples on them. "'And someone always does. "'There's that. We're down today.' "'But you'll be down tomorrow. "'Don't forget it, ma'am. "'America has that kind of justice when it hasn't any other, "'that it makes everybody take their turn. "'It's ours now, but you'll get yours as sure as life is life.' "'Lois looked at Thor. "'Can you make out what he means?' "'I can make out that he's very much mistaken.' "'Mistaken, Dr. Thor? "'I don't see how you can say that.' "'I wasn't mistaken the night I saw you creeping into that hot house over there, "'where you knew my little girl was at work. "'I wasn't mistaken when I saw you creep away. "'Still less was I mistaken when I stole in after you and gone, "'and found her with her arms on the desk, and her head bowed down on them, "'and she crying fit to kill herself. "'That was just a few days before you heard you was going to marry this lady, "'and she's never been the same child since. "'Always troubled, always something on her mind.' "'Not once since that night have you darkened these doors, though you'd had a patient here. Have you now?' "'I, I, I didn't come,' forced Albert, "'because Dr. Hillary had done all that was necessary for Mrs. Fay, and uh, I've been away.' "'But if you didn't come,' Fay went on, with a mildness that was more forcible than wrath, "'someone else did. You'd left a good substitute. He's finished the work that you began. He was here with her an hour last Wednesday morning.' "'just after I've warned him off for good and all.' "'Thor started. "'Let me go to her.' "'But Fay stood in his way. "'No, sir. "'To see you would be the finishing touch. "'She can't hear your name without a shiver going through her from head to foot. "'We've tried it on her. "'Between the two of you, your brother and you, "'it's you she's most afraid of.' "'There was silence for a second while he turned his grey face "'first to the one and then to the other of his two listeners.' "'Why couldn't you all have let her be? "'What were you after? "'What have you got out of it? "'I can't see.' "'Fame, I swear to you that we never wanted anything but her good,' "'Thor cried, with a passion that made Lois turn her troubled eyes on him searchingly. "'If my brother hasn't told you what he meant, I'll do it now. "'He wanted to marry Rosie. "'He was to have married her. "'If there's trouble between them, it's all a mistake. "'Just let me see her.' "'But Fay dismissed this as idle talk. "'No, Dr. Thor. Stories of that kind don't do any good. 
Your brother never wanted to marry her, or meant to either, nor any more than you. What you did want, and what you did mean, God only knows. It's mystery to me. What isn't mystery to me is that we're all done for. Now that she's gone, we've all gone, the lot of us. I've kept up till now. If money will do any good, Fay, Thor began with a catch in his voice. No, Dr. Thor, not now. Money might have helped us once, but I ain't going to take a price for my little girl's unhappiness. But what would do good, Mr. Fay? Lois asked, if you'd only tell us. Then, ma'am, I will. It's to let us be. Don't come near me nor mine any more, none of you. She turned to Thor. Thor, is it true that Claude wanted to marry Rosie? I've never heard of it. Oh, yes, ma'am, you have, Thay broke in with irony. We've all heard of that kind of marriage. It's as old as men and women on the earth. But it don't go down with me. And if I find that my little girl has been taken in by it, then I shan't be to blame if, if someone gets what he deserves. The words were uttered in tones so mild that, as he shuffled away, leaving them staring at each other, they scarcely knew that there had been a threat in them. End of chapter 22